After ten minutes, it ceased recording. One by one, the 750 viewers logged off. The show was over. It had been her best-attended video blog to date. The night Nora Vogel died, the power went out in Westtown, Massachusetts. Everything went dark from Route 290 South to Olive Lake. Televisions blinked and computers held their breath. The big map at the power station shut down. The grid had a disconnect, and dot by dot, the colored bulbs representing the homes of Westtown popped off like Christmas lights. David's son lived in one of the big houses on the western shore of Horizon Lake. He was grounded for smoking. His mother had found his stash behind the hall hamper, so David was home alone, watching Scarface on Retroflix.com. David's computer was a Sony triptych, the kind with a three-monitor layout and content spiral technology. David's dad invented the triptych, and his dad's company, Sun Enterprises, sold them. Each monitor scanned and responded to the others, so when David image-searched the new Cadillac Pinnacle on Monitor 1, Mon 2 splashed the latest stats from GearHead.com. Mon 3 responded with a vid of GearHead's top model, Cynthia Sunday, washing a caddy in her bathing suit, and so Mon 1 answered with condom ads. It went around and around, over and over again. Link by link, the triptych brought David from Scarface to Al Capone to James Cagney to James Dean, and finally to StarryEyedStranger42.blogspot.com. Nora died on Monitor 2. The image was so clear, David could see her eyelids flutter. He didn't know how to react. The monitors did. Mon 1 flashed a web page of fast meds for low prices. He decided to message his friends to see if they'd seen it, to see what they thought. But just then, the power cut. The yellow desk lamp dimmed and died, and David was alone in the dark. Across the lake, Charlie Navola stood on the beach and stared at the yellow glare of David's son's house on the opposite shore. Charlie cradled a suede jacket in his arms. The vintage leather smelled vaguely of soy sauce and the fruity perfume of a person he sincerely hoped he'd never see again. He didn't know about Nora Vogel's suicide. He didn't even own a computer. He just wanted to be alone. And as he watched, the houses along the west bank went dark. A power outage. Charlie saw something prophetic in that. His house was off the grid. The generator continued to hum, and he identified with the lonely porch light burning away over his shoulder, self-sufficient. Then there was a pop. The generator gasped, the porch light flicked off, and the yard went dark. He stood in the gloom until his eyes adjusted, and he could see the blue stars. They were winking. 1. Charlie and David even before Nora and the power died, Charlie's and David's lives were mixed up together like pigments on a palette. Charlie and David lived on two sides of the same lake, Horizon Lake, which wasn't a real lake but a man-made reservoir. Horizon Lake was three miles long and one mile wide and marked the center of West Town. There were mansions along the west bank, trees along the east. 
The biggest mansion belonged to the sons. It was a four-story glass palace, split down the middle like a dollhouse so that the family inside was always visible. At night, the sun house, true to its name, blotted out the stars, tossing its white shadow across the water. The West Bankers had long ago bought the land on the East Bank so they'd have no ugly houses to mar their view. The only lot they couldn't buy belonged to a botanist and his wife, Charlie's parents. The land had been in the family for years, and they refused to give it up at any price. The Nivolis kept an old map of West Town on their den wall. Charlie had once calculated that if he folded the map in half, Egg Lake in the south and Olive Lake in the north would lie one on top of the other, and he liked the natural symmetry. If he folded the map the other way, Charlie's and David's house...